0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. How many you can guess what we're going to talk about in this new series? (laughs) Say money, money. How many want some money? How many are lying? Never mind. Never mind. We're going to talk about money because... How many have realized we need money to live on? Yep. And God is interested in your money. He wants you blessed. He wants you to have enough. He wants you to enjoy life. How many know it's hard to enjoy life if you're always short, if you never have enough? And God wants us to... He's a God of more than enough. It stands the reason that if we would do things His way, and there's some principles in His Word that if we'll follow them, He will pour out, He will bless us, and we can live with more than enough instead of struggling with just enough. How many are interested in more than enough? How many are glad that God blesses us financially? How many have ever received a financial blessing from the Lord? Most of us have. The money back uh, guarantee is. I'm going to explain that to you uh, in the sermon, but I, I just want you to open your hearts. If you've never ever uh, given or, uh, or heard a message about about really our uh, honoring God, giving Him what is due Him, His name, I want you to open your heart because you said, "Well, I don't know about this stuff." I know the way I was when I first heard the message. I was said, God, I'm not making it now, and you want me to give? There's something wrong with this picture. But I found out when I do things this way, I start giving, I had more. It didn't make sense, but it worked. So I want to look at a few things, what the Bible says about money, and there's many scriptures on it. In fact, there's more on money. There's 500 scriptures on prayer, 500 scriptures on faith, over 2,000 on money and possessions. God is smart. He knew we would need a lot of scriptures to get this in us and, and to get that understanding. But we're to be givers. A relationship with God uh, includes or involves giving. It stands the reason any Relationship really should involve giving. And it's the same with God. And He expects us to be a, a steward or a manager over those things He's placed uh, in our life. So we're to be good managers. There is a, a coming blessing that's foretold in the Old Testament about this the wealth transfer. And, and it's still going to happen. Because it's one of the things that has not been fulfilled. But the key today, if you'll listen, uh, the key to being in on that will be honoring the Lord with your finances. That will be the key for you to walk in that blessing that's been prophesied from the Old Testament. That's, a, that's another message. But anyway, the church of today is not great at giving, even though we serve the greatest giver of all. of the uh, U.S. tithe, 4%, 96% do not, say 96%. 80% of Americans give 2% or less to different charities. Christians give an average of 2.5%, which during the Great Depression they gave 3.3%. Things aren't going the right way, they're going the wrong way. The truth is, giving is a heart issue, it's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. It, it, it's of the heart. Once you get to understand what God is speaking, it's a matter of a heart. What is our heart speaking to us? What is our heart saying? So I have three questions to look at this morning. You know, there's one thing we're very exceptional at in America. We're exceptional spenders. I mean, we're great at getting in debt. Uh, our government has trained us, trained us, and set the example very well for us. So we're very good at spending, but we're not very good at at giving. Uh, I saw I might might share later on, and it said, if all the Christians were tithers, what would that mean? It would mean the end to world hunger. I mean, the list is just. Uh, it's an awesome thing. I might might share it sometime. But three questions this morning. Number one, will you love and trust money, or will you love and trust God? Now, this is a question that uh, Jesus really uh, explains in Luke 16, verse 10. It says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, notice unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your, commit to your trust the true riches? And if, been, uh, if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one or desp- and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So Jesus is making it pretty plain here. There's no in-between. He said you're, you cannot serve God and mammon. You make a choice which one you're going to serve. Now what is mammon? Well, mammon, it's a Aramaic uh, term, but it means wealth or riches. And in the biblical sense, mammon means the spirit upon money. All money has a spirit upon it, in case you didn't know it or not. And if it has mammon, it's the spirit of this world. If it has the spirit of God on it, it's set or devoted for God's purposes and His plans. So that's the difference. All money has a spirit on it. And mammon is one of these spirits that says, I don't need God or I'm self-sufficient, I rely on myself, I don't need this, I don't need God, I can do it my way, myself. It's the same spirit that says, don't give, let someone else give. It's that spirit of the world that squeezes in on our life. It's the same spirit that really tries to mimic God and and promises to provide everything for you. Mammon will promise you the moon, but can't deliver. Mammon will promise you security, but how many know that security is only found in Jesus Christ? It will promise you freedom, but freedom is only found in Jesus Christ. It'll promise you significance, but significance is only found when you have received the love from a loving Father who values you and sees you as precious and valuable in His sight. That gives you significance. Identity can only come from Him. See, all the things that God provides, mammon says, I will provide. But mammon can't provide. Mammon is a liar. It's a counterfeit God. And there's many, most people are serving a counterfeit God, an idol called mammon, riches and wealth. And you can be poor and serve wealth and riches and say, I have no need of God. Money submitted to God and His purpose has the Spirit of God on it and the devourer can't consume it. Money not submitted to God is called unrighteous mammon as the spirit of this world on it. Now, money in itself is not evil. If you want to give me $666,000 and six hundred, <laughs> go ahead. Don't bother me at all. <laughs> money is not evil in itself. The Scripture tells in, in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money, say the love of money, is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Mammon is looking for worshipers. Mammon is looking for servants to, to be served, to be worshipped, to worship mammon. It's the love of money. The love of material things. The love of things. You can never have enough. There's never enough. Never enough. That's that mammon spirit. That love of more and more. But it never delivers. It never, it still comes up empty. Because only God can fill that void in your life. Only God can fill that place in your heart and life. That we all need and must have. Mammon and things is the number one competitor for our hearts. That's what the scriptures is telling me here. That's what Jesus is saying. You can't serve God and mammon. There's this, this side or this side. There's no in between. Today, all of us in here, we're serving one or the other. We're serving mammon or we're serving God. Luke 12, 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We can look and see where your treasure, how do you spend, where are you giving, where are you doing? We can see your heart. How do you submit your money to God? Number two, question. Will you give God your first and best so he can bless the rest? One of the principles we need to understand from the Word of God is the principle of first things. Say first things. This is a principle that runs from Genesis all the way through the Bible. All the way through, you see this, this principle we call first things. Or you could call it first fruits, firstborn, devoted things. All these mean the same thing. Or you could say the tithe. It's all God's. It's His. These things are first things. And God says first things belong to me. They're mine. He's always had things that were His. Remember in the garden? That tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He said, that's my tree. Adam and Eve, you can eat of all the other trees, but that's my tree. Leave my tree alone. Of course, what did they do? They go to God's tree. And they eat from God's tree. And it, it cost them. God always has something to show that He's God. He's the owner and we're the manager. We're the stewards. We're not God. He's God. And even in the garden, he had that. Now, this is just me and my thinking. I, I, I love to study and just think. I think that that tree was the first tree that God put in the garden. I believe it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because he says, first things are mine. I believe that was his tree. And for your information, I don't believe it was the apple tree. I feel sorry for the apple <laughs> Exodus thirteen two. Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. So the firstborn was to be sacrificed or redeemed. Now it's interesting when you study this. The the firstborn I say you had a firstborn donkey. And it talks about this in Scripture. If you have a donkey, the donkey is unclean. Now, the lamb was clean. Did the donkey still smell? And The lamb didn't. No, they both smelled. Just God called one clean and the other one unclean. And this donkey, they were considered unclean. So you have this firstborn uh, donkey that's unclean, If you want to use that donkey, you had to redeem it by sacrificing a clean animal, a clean lamb or ram. That had to be slain to pay the price for that donkey. It says, now, if you don't do that, if you don't redeem that donkey and you try and use that donkey, it'd be better that you broke its neck. Don't use the thing, that first thing, that's God's. If you try and use it, you might as well break its neck. Don't do it. Don't even go there. Don't try it. Now, if you remember, uh, last week or was the week before that, we talked about we're, we're donkeys. Well, we're all unclean donkeys that needed to be redeemed. We need a sacrifice. Amen? So anytime something is a first thing, it belongs to God. And this is all the way through Scripture. You can think about it. And once you get the understanding, it opens up other things to you. Egypt. The Israelites are in Egypt. You remember the plagues are coming. Moses is uh, going back and forth with Pharaoh. And finally God says, look, the firstborn will die Unless there is a clean animal, the blood, that will redeem them. Now this wasn't just for Jews. It's for anyone that did it. See, it it wasn't a race thing. It's a faith thing. And the firstborn belonged to God. So, what happens? They put the blood on the doorpost. And it says "The angel of death passed over." Why? Because they were redeemed by the blood. See, it was all in order. Firstborn. How many firstborns do we have here? Interesting. I'll just throw this out. It's just an interesting thing. That' mean 75 um, percent of people in ministry they say are firstborn. Now, don't, yeah. Pastor, I'm called the minister, I'm not firstborn. No, don't, no, no. You're connected to the to Jesus. Don't I'm just it's just interesting to me. Okay. So the blood redeemed the, the firstborn. What about Abraham and Isaac? You remember Jesus um, well, Isaac is the type of Jesus, but God said, "Abraham, I want you to offer up Isaac, who is your firstborn." You know the reason Abraham did this, because he knew and understood this principle of first things. He knew that Isaac belonged to God because he was the first thing; he was firstborn. Now, it was a struggle. We know that. It had to be. I'm just saying that the reason he did this, the reason God could ask him for it, is because he's a firstborn, and first things belong to God. So he takes him up the the mountain. And I say that Isaac is the type of Jesus because he was named uh, before he was born. He has supernatural. um, He was conceived supernaturally, Abraham and Sarah. The three-day journey up the mountain to, to sacrifice Isaac represents the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what happened? He has the knife ready to take Isaac's life, and he said, stop! What happened? He provided a clean animal, a ram, caught in the thicket, it doesn't say it there, but you know what? It was a firstborn ram because God wouldn't break His own principle. It was a firstborn ram caught in the thicket. And that's where we hear Jehovah-Jireh. He will provide. He will provide a cleansing for all of us unclean donkeys. He will redeem us by his blood. First things belong to him. And I think about Jericho. They're entering the promised land, which, by the way, is a picture of our new covenant, walking in and possessing the promised land, and they had to go through Jericho, and God said, this is the first city that you're going to overtake. Give it all to me. What was he doing? It was the first one. It was the first thing. He said, it's all mine Give it all the gold, all the silver, it's all mine. Now they've been walking the wilderness for a while and Achan gets this idea, said God won't miss this, I'm going to take a little bit. 36 people lost their life because he hid it. It belonged to God. It was God's. He didn't say, look, take 10 cities and then give me the portion of the next one. He said, no, the very first one, give to me. Leviticus 27.30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's, is holy to the Lord. Let me tell you, a tithe means a tenth, but it doesn't just mean a tenth, it means the first tenth. It's the first tenth. You get paid, it should be the first thing you do, you honor God and give Him the 10% of what came in, the, the increase. Any money you earn or... Any crease, what we, call, we taught our boys, if, they got, if it was birthday, they, they tithed on it. Just whatever increase came in, tithed on it. You, you learn that. But you know one thing I saw once we took that step, I saw the hand of God. I saw God get us through situations that on paper we should not have made it. I was talking with Charles and Letitia McGee this morning. And Charles starts a new job tomorrow. So excited for them. But Letitia tells me she went in uh, this past week and is given a promotion. Surprise a promotion. And this job, I mean, it's just, it's, it's awesome. All the overtime he wants, I mean, it's, everything's increased so much. But then he tells me, you know, I didn't work this month, but more money came in than if I'd worked. He said, just started coming in. I mean, no, that's the favor of God. Let me tell you something else about this couple. They tithe all through this journey, this difficulty, trying to get a job, trying to get things square. They continued to tithe and to give, and God honored it. Why? They honored him. Whoever honors him gets honored, gets blessed. I'm not saying there won't be struggles, can't be some difficulties. I'm saying he'll put you over. He does it. And then you start resting in the peace. You couldn't pay me enough money to stop tithing. You couldn't pay me enough. You could offer me a million dollars. Stop tithing. I wouldn't take it. Or I'd tithe on it. and whether. Well, <laughs> I just, I wouldn't do it because I want God's hand there. It is awesome once you start. And, and see, some of you are nervous, I know, because I've been there. I know how it is. Some of you, the tithers, they're just chilling, man. They're happy. Yeah, yeah. And some of us are, oh, no, why not I come today? Oh, gosh. Oh my goodness! It's going to be a conversation after this. I see it coming. Out of here. <laughs> Just keep your heart open, and there's no pressure. It's between you and God. Amen. Okay. I heard the story from a Pastor. I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty cool. This where really he happened. He was he had his his kids out. Uh, they won some French fries and got well. They went and ate. And he said he was just going to get a few of their fries. And uh, he asked uh, the kids, had two of them. They were young. He said, can I have some French fries? And he said, no. I said, what do you mean? Uh, no, get your own. And he said, well, he said, something rose up within him. He said, now, I bought these for you. And then it clicked. He goes, Teaching moment. He says, I want you to realize the only reason you're eating fries is because I provided for them. I bought them. I want 10% back to the house. <laughs> as, as far as you're concerned from now on, I'm Lord of the fries. <laughs> they can be stopped. You can wait till you're 16 or whatever before you get another fry. God's the one that provides it all. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, it kind of makes me feel uh, I'm, <laughs> we had this dog. I'd feed it. And this thing would just be all over you, you know, like you were about to eat this food. I, ke- I kept telling the dog, I'm giving you the food. I'm feeding you. I'm not trying to eat it. If I was trying to eat it, I wouldn't put it down here for you. Never did understand. <laughs> what about John the Baptist? He saw Jesus coming. And he said, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. What was that about? God provided a pure, spotless, clean Lamb. To be sacrificed in our behalf, God's firstborn. Other words, Jesus was Jesus's, or yeah, Jesus is God's tithe in a sense. His sacrifice redeemed all of us, so He was placed on the altar, as clean to redeem. All that were unclean. Wow. What a great deal we have. So the Bible says he's the first fruits. He's the firstborn of many brethren. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God gave his tithe in faith before we became believers. We give to God in faith before we see the blessing. It's a faith thing, a faith thing. The tithe is redemptive. By giving his portion first, you then get the remaining 90% redeemed or blessed. So three blessings of the tithe. What am I saying? I'm saying the first that comes into you of increase, honor God with it, and it will redeem. You will get more out of the 90% than you ever would with the 100. Because he just puts his hand on it. It's blessed. Three blessings of the tithe. A, tithing provides for God's work through his church. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. May be food my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pest from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. I mean, things will work for you. They had a history here. They had stopped. They were tithing, and they stopped tithing. And they started, uh, they started giving the, the blind lamb and sacrificing it. They started backing up till they were not honoring God anymore. And what they did... They put themselves, God doesn't God curse us, we put ourselves under a curse. Because there's a curse in the earth. But we're supposed to be redeemed from the curse, right? You still got to obey God. You walk with Him. So they ignored God and they got into trouble with it. And the this, this spirit of wealth and stuff and pests came and things started eating the crops. It said the tithe came into the storehouse. Notice it doesn't have an S. This, the Old Testament storehouse represents the New Testament church. And that's, you present your tithe to the Lord, and you bring it to church where the work of the Lord can continue on. But people say, well, what about the traveling minister? Well, God takes care of them. Every place they go, they're giving offerings. The ones I know are extremely blessed. And plus, there's churches like our churches that are every month sending the money and supporting them. God takes care. God's way is the best way. Here was something else in one of the studies I researched and looked at. The ones who are supporting the traveling ministers are the ones that are tithing in their church, they're the ones that are supporting them. They're the ones that are giving over and above. Bless me. <laughs> Exodus 23:19, "The first of the first fruits of your lamb you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So that's the proper place to bring it, even though that TV ministry uh, close to God's heart, that missionary close to God's heart. You bring it first to the house of the Lord, and then we give above to that. B tithing, teaches me to put God first, Deuteronomy 14, 23. Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, oil, olive oil, firstborn and flocks and in, in, uh, herds. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. So we have a very practical way of putting God first, a tangible way through giving. And said, so, well, pastor, for me to do this, I'm going to have to make some major changes. I mean, I have to reorganize. I have to re, uh, rearrange. I have to do all these things. Are you telling me that, is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes. That's what I'm telling you. Trust God. Rearrange. Do what you need to do to start honoring Him, putting Him first financially. And see what happens. That's God will bless. See, tithing increases my faith in God. Once you start seeing God provide, faith increases. And then say, I can trust Him in this area. I can trust Him here. I can, and things increase. I first stepped out and said, we're going to tithe no matter what. It came a choice, and we didn't pay our light, gas, and water bill, and I worked at light, gas, and water. I said, God, this isn't fair, this isn't right. They turned their lights out. I'm looking out the window in darkness, you know, looking outside, hoping no one notices. Their electricity is off. I stayed up and prayed and said, God, you know, Ellen and I decided to trust you in this. And I told you I didn't have it. <laughs> I go to work the next day and I work for a place that did not give raises except when you work at a public utility, you don't just get raises. I went in and got a raise." First time it ever happened and the only time it ever happened. Surprise. God increased me. Wow. I said, God, "That's the works. Came home, had the lights on. Oh, my God. Got, got this. Got this. Until he asked me to give a big offering one time. Asked me to give a big offering. I said, Lord, I can't be you. I rebuke that voice. I rebuked that. I can't be you. No way. No way. I'm saving that money. No, no. Yes, Lord. Gave it. You think all the stress and everything left in? No, I'm in the car going, I've got to call the pastor. I've got to stop this. I made a mistake. We didn't have cell phones back then. Thank you, Jesus time I got home, I was calm. God blessed that seed. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm saying you can trust Him. You can put your life in your hands. You can put your finances in His hands. He wants to bless you. There was a man who was a faithful tither, and God increased him, and... He's, his business started taking off, and checks started getting big, and he stopped tithing. Said, "You know, those those checks are just so big now; it's just hard to write." Well, will you help me? Will you pray for me? Yes, Lord, bring his income down to where he can trust you again and honor you. Oh, no, no, don't pray that. <laughs> I'd rather walk in a place where I can honor and trust them. That's the safest and best place to be. (laughs) Number three, question, will you test God by giving your time? Will you step out and just make a choice? So a pastor, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. Well, good. That tells me you give more than the tithe. Because grace always requires more than the law. Always, though. Thou shalt not commit adultery, old covenant. New covenant, thou shalt not lust. Don't even think about it, don't look. <laughs> it increases. The Bible says. That as I honor him and seek first his kingdom, he causes everything that I need to be supplied. You cannot lose in this, but he went ahead and said, Malachi, prove me. Put me to the test in this. Test me in this. And what we want to do is to help you with this, this challenge called the Tide Challenge. And we want to give you a money back guarantee. That you try to test God for three months that at the end of that three months you don't see God's hand of blessing on your life, we're going to refund all the money back to you. We trust God and confident that much that He will bless you and put you over. We have um, a book that we want to send you. You make this Commitment called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. And then some of you need to be what I call a progressive giver. You need to go beyond the 10%. Really, the, the tithe is just the foundation. You need to go beyond that. And we want to give you The Blessed Life by Robert Morse, the best book I've read uh, on finances. And that, that's saying a lot from a biblical way because I've read a bunch of them. And this this book, there's anointing on his life uh, for this time on, on finances that is just awesome. So I will send you that book. And we've also obtained uh, some books by Dave Ramsey, The Total Money Makeover. Because some of you just need to get a handle on debt. You need to get rid of debt. You need to have a budget. You need to make some plans and you've got to do these things because it's good stewardship. And Dave Ramsey's one of the best I, I've heard and seen. And these books we're gonna, uh, we'll are gonna we give away. We'll have them available one of these Sundays and we'll just give them whoever would like to have one. And, and get this. We also have right now media that we have uh, some things by Dave Ramsey that you can listen to. We need to know that our... We serve uh, the God who is not economically challenged or broke or doing without. He knows the way to prosper you and to bless you. And he has principles, and Dave Ramsey's gotten on these principles, that will put you over. God wants you debt-free. God wants you blessed. He wants you overflowing. Wouldn't it be great if you knew someone that needed a house and God was able to tell you, write a check and buy them the house? Wouldn't that be a blessing? There was a couple that was a guy I worked with. He was headed to divorce. And the Lord told me to buy a dozen roses for him to give to his wife. And I thank God I had the money because he said, I had to really convince him to even do it. But he did it. It saved his marriage. They have four or five kids. Can you think of the effect? Why? Because just being a position to bless somebody, I mean, no, it's more blessed to give than receive. Man, it's fun to give. And that's what God wants for us. So I want us to bow our heads And first of all, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity for that. Jesus loves you. He went to a cross and died for you. We were all unclean. We all fell short of the glory of God. But he, was, he gave his life. He sacrificed his life for us. He said, whoever will come unto me can have life and have life more abundantly. So if that's you this morning, you want Jesus, we're going to pray a simple prayer, but if you mean it from your heart, you'll be His. You'll belong to Him. Eternal, the eternal life will be yours. Maybe you prayed this before, but you realize that you're not really connected with Him, and you need to move back and get that connection back. You can get in on this prayer too. No one looking around, if that's you, just lift your hands, that's me. I'm not going to ask you to come down. We're just going to pray together. And we're going to ask Jesus to come in. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Everyone say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. The Lamb of God slain for me that I could have eternal life. I received the sacrifice and the gift of life. I'll serve you, Lord, all the days of my life. I now belong to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for going to the cross, taking my sin and my shame. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now I want you to bow your heads one more time. I want you to ask the Lord, if you're not a tither, you heard God's voice today. You've heard it from His Word. Would you ask the Lord, would you have me do Lord what would you have me do can be a scary thing but he'll walk with you it's a fulfilling thing it's a blessing thing though to put your your finances in the hands of the Lord say pastor I don't have anything that's okay little is much in his hands father I pray for each and Every person here making the decision. Even those who are faithful to tithe, Lord, that they will stretch themselves and plant more seed and give offering above the tithe and become that progressive giver. Lord, I thank you that we want to be more like you each and every day. You're the greatest giver of all. I thank you for the decisions that are being made now in this family. I thank you, Lord. You never pressure us. There's no manipulation. It's just your Spirit speaking to us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you look in your seat and get your service guide out, you'll see in there a card, and it says the Tithe Challenge. And you can put your, your name on this. It says, I want to take the 90-day time challenge or I want to be, uh, become a progressive giver. You can mark that on here and we'll be in contact with you. We'll get the information to you. We want to partner with you in this process. We'll be sending you uh, emails and different things to help you uh, walk this out. You'll not be alone. So we uh, just fill it out if you need an envelope for your giving go ahead and lift your hand if you're making a check this morning make it out to church of the harvest you can put C-O-T-H for short I'm so excited we did this four years ago we had more testimonies probably than any other time ever that people's lives were changed I know when I got this truth and became that giver it changed my life it's an awesome thing. And many of you have testimonies of what God has done. And remember to share your testimonies about this. He said, Well, uh, Pastor, what if uh, my utilities get cut off and I don't get a raise? Well, I'm praying you don't have to go that route. <laughs> that was just, just me. And the thing is, you may not see, see something happen till the 90th day. It's a walking out, it's consistency. I'm believing that, that you will before then. But he's faithful. He's faithful. When you put him first, he will bless. I'm going to pray if your us, continue to write. So many of you writing, us continue. And I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you so much. As we give today, we give in faith. We give cheerfully. We give, Lord, out of a worship. Lord, the, the tithe honors you, and it's a worship when Abraham took Isaac up to give his firstborn. It says he went to worship. And Lord, this is a worship to us when we give of the first fruits of our increase. And Lord, it's a worship when we give even above that offering now thank you that you bless us and you cause us to walk in abundance not for our own greed or selfishness but for a higher purpose for the cause of christ we give you thanks we give you honor in jesus mighty name everyone said amen give us the lord has directed you to give let me explain the, the tithe challenge once again when you fill out that card you mark three months or a 90 day tithe challenge we're going to send you information and we're going to start keeping the record when you start tithing and then at the end of 90 days we'll have the date made four years of form we'll have the date set for you. If you want a refund at that time we're going to give you a refund of that three months everything you've given. So the purpose in this you can't lose. You can't lose. We're going to guarantee the money back to you if through proving and testing God you don't see the blessing of the Lord on your life. It can come in different forms. I took my lawnmower in. They lost my lawnmower. <laughs> so, Lord, this isn't a blessing. <laughs> I lost my lawnmower. This is my prized lawnmower that I've had for years as Sears. I've kept this thing going, Richard. I mean, it's a good lawnmower. I wanted the wheels changed. They needed some new wheels. <laughs> they lost it. They couldn't find it. So, what are you gonna do? Well, come on in. They give me a newer model, a one pull. This one has cruise control. <laughs> God turned around what was looked like defeat. He turned around for good. You don't know how it's gonna come about. Favor and the blessing of the Lord. down